the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're watching two big stories right now, of course, the situation in Israel and that ever-evolving conflict, and also the speaker vote for Jim Jordan is happening now, as you heard during the news at the bottom of the hour. We'll watch that, and you can stay informed here on 98.9 The Answer. Something that happened in here, Ohio, beyond Issue 1 is Issue 2, which deals with the legalization of marijuana. Joining me right now is a friend of mine, David Mahan, with the Center for Christian Virtue. He is the policy director. David, welcome. Hey, man. How's it going? Doing good, man. So get me hip to what's going down with the weed laws in Ohio. What does Ohio currently have in the books, and then what would change as a result if Issue 1 were to be passed? So Issue 2 is the legalization of recreational marijuana. 2016, we uh, legalized, basically opened the floodgates to legalizing medical marijuana, if there is such a thing. Um, what most people don't really understand is there's only one industry, right? There's only one marijuana industry, um, and one feeds the other. So all of the money that's feeding the very expensive issue to recreational marijuana campaign came from uh, the current farms and dispensaries and, you know, the, the medical marijuana industry. So all of the money. Um, comes from there. And we've seen this all across the state. But um, the, the thing that, you know, is I always tell folks uh, that um, perception is true to those who are being deceived, right? So, like, mm-hmm. it's hard for us to even have this conversation if folks don't realize that the dope they used to smoke in 1960s, you know, the 1% to 3% THC stuff, and THC is the, the very addictive component of marijuana, mm-hmm. um, the, the psychosis-causing element of marijuana, um, it was only 1% to 3% back in the 60s. Today, the stuff that we're dealing with, both in the plants as well as the um, the extracts, like like the, the vapes, the cookies, the sodas, the dabs, the, the gummies that kids are getting a hold of now in the state of Ohio, they can be as high as 99%. So, so if you just start talking about marijuana, you know, folks will start giggling. Like, you know, maybe you get the munchies, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you go to yeah, the White Castle, yeah. you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning. But, but the stuff we're dealing right now is killing kids. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's something that people don't realize that uh, it's just you know it's a harmless little toke every once in a while. Like no, it's 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 much more potent and and oftentimes, as I understand it, David, uh, you know, there's other stuff in there that's not uh, that uh, I mean that, that that's not great. It, it makes it in some cases could be lethal. Yeah, what, what what a lot of them are saying is today, if we legalize it, then we won't have to worry about the pesticides that <laughs> often are, you know can be found in there. We won't have to worry about. We can regulate the THC. Uh, component and and that's just insane. Um, we, we we're dealing with all across the country. Um, there you know headlines all across the country saying marijuana worse for teen brain than alcohol. Right, that's NBC uh, News. And, and again, if if you think we're just still talking about that little you know one to three percent THC, you know dope. That's you that's you just going to giggle at that. But when I went to Colorado last year, and I'm talking to Dr. Ken Finn. Um, who, who basically advises the United Nations on cannabis, uh, as well as Dr. Kevin Sabet, 
uh, who <clears throat> was the drug policy advisor for three U.S. presidents, including Obama, mm-hmm. uh, Clinton, George W. Bush. I'm sitting in Ken Finn's uh, clinic, and he said, Dave, the number one um, substance found in 10 to 19-year-old teen suicide victims in Colorado is THC, right? Far more than alcohol. Uh, and and it was, it's been that way since 2012, which you can imagine when they – they legalized their recreational marijuana was in 2012. So it, it's just, uh, you know, and then you look at the THC, a lot of states are trying to walk back these decisions, right? Oregon, California, New York, mm-hmm. uh, Colorado, and at least putting THC caps. Well, in the legislation here in section, uh, in our amendment here, uh, or in our, our ballot initiative here, section 3780.03 in the code that deals with THC, they're saying no less than 35% in the plant and no less than 90% in the extracts. So clearly, only a dope dealer could write something as dangerous. That's David Mahan. He's the policy director at Center for Christian Virtue and one of the individuals on the forefront of the fight against Issue 2 uh, to uh, legalize uh, marijuana here in the uh, in the state of Ohio. And it's, 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 it's certainly a troubling thing, but, but one thing, David, that, that I wanted to, to ask as I was preparing for this, it... It almost seems like, and maybe it's just coincidental, but do you feel like the the issue one being with abortion, issue two being with marijuana, were, were these run like kind of together on purpose, or or is there just it just happened to be the way it is? Well, I think I think issue two guys they jumped the gun before um, the the abortion folks did, but okay. Um, if it was me, I probably would would uh, would run them the same time as well. Um, you know, you're you're dealing with youth and, and things of that nature. Um, and, and I think there's such a lack of information. Um, and, and, you know, and in terms of the opposition side, you know, it's hard to fund both, right? You know, mm-hmm. folks that, that are against both um, could only fund one of them, right? Um, so they don't have tens of millions of dollars to, to put behind both. So I think it was kind of a smart move on the other side. But, at the, you know, on the other side of the coin, um, you know, for CCV, Center for Christian Virtue, you know, we're really targeting churches and, you know, making sure that they're aware. I'm preaching all over the state um, mm-hmm. every every week, and, and really it's a, it's an easy no-no, right? So it's, it kind of works both ways, um, you know, but, but I, the lack of knowledge, Vince, is, is, really, um, is, is really bad. There's a, in Colorado, they had a, a Wellington Webb. He was a 12-year mayor who supported their recreational marijuana back in 2012. He's one of the now the, the most outspoken opponents saying that money promised for education is going to marijuana regulation in the pot industry. So we're not opening. This is not a, a vote for, you know, people who just like to get a little buzz here and there. This is, we are opening the floodgates to an addiction for profit industry uh, where in Colorado, they've got more pot shops and dispensaries than McDonald's combined and Starbucks combined. So, um, you know, making sure that everybody understands what's going on with the black market element. Um, with the small business element um, it is very important to us right now. Well, I think one of the things that uh, you haven't touched on is the fact that there's a lot of industries uh, and, and places that uh, will have to grapple with this uh, if this does pass. Uh, you know, for example, right. I know we've talked in times past about, you know, one example would be somebody with an air traffic controller. 
You know, I want to know that uh, yep. just simply, and, and and I know that uh, you know maybe there's something to be done. But when you open the floodgates and 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 you change things and you make it so easy, much easier to access this. Uh, you're doing two things. One, you're uh, kicking the can down the line and dealing with uh, people's, you know, mental health things because, you know, marijuana use, I would say, in in a lot of cases, maybe not all, but a lot of cases is is a symptom of uh, a deeper underlying spiritual or or, or mental issue. Two, uh, if I'm going flying, <laughs> I sure as heck want to know that the dude saying your plane can take off doesn't also have a, a joint in one hand and a bag of Cheetos in the other, if you know what I'm saying. That's right. And and even if it, you smell it on somebody, right, because um, you can't hide the stuff. They call it skunk now, right? The stuff stinks. And, like, rental car uh, rental car companies all over the, the nation are like, what do we do? Because, like, it, you can't get the stuff out of your upholstery. So I could smell it on a bus driver. I could smell it on a, a pilot, on a on a forklift, dri- forklift driver. But there is no reliable test for intoxication. So, yeah. like, New York, right, in 2021, you know, they, they put something out, uh, I think the New York Post, New York employers can't drug test most workers for marijuana state analysis, right? So this is this is one of the headlines that, that just hit in New York. You know, what do you do with it? If, if you just open a floodgate to say, yeah, everybody can smoke dope, um, and you, but you can't test for intoxication, then that just opens the floodgates. Uh, AAA says that um, they oppose medical and recreational marijuana because everywhere it goes, traffic fatalities go through the roof. Mm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so what do, you, what, do you, what does law enforcement do, right? Which, by the way, all three... Uh, arms of law enforcement in the state of Ohio uh, oppose this. All of the medical organizations oppose it. Um, all the treatment and recovery. The only people behind this bill are dope dealers and folks that like to smoke it. And, and they're really not thinking, okay, just because this may make me get a buzz or feel good here and there, maybe get a giggle, it, it just doesn't make good policy for state. What uh, What's the current ground game against uh, issue two right now? What do you guys got going on? Um, you know, the, there's a there's a major campaign push, and, and they're doing some media. Um, you know, we're, you know, queuing up. You know, the the members of the Senate. You know, uh, Johnson just gave an amazing floor speech over there when they passed the resolution opposing yeah. uh, issue two. Uh, again, CCV is is really going after the churches to make sure pastors understand yep. and therefore can educate um, their members. Um, you know, we've got some some uh, debates going on. Um, yeah, it's it's. There's a lot going on. Um, yep, thank you, David. we got to run, enough. man, but I, I appreciate it. CCV.org. Check it out. Get involved with the fight against issue two. Ten minutes before 1 o'clock here on 98.9 The Answer. you got Vince Tornado sitting in for Bruce Hooley. And I did want to mention in the last segment we had David Mahan from the Center for Christian Virtue. And if you want more information on issue two, we had to hit the break and and he was rolling on some good stuff. But I wanted to mention that uh, it is ccv.org slash vote. ccv.org slash vote. Great website with some great resources. Because I know that when you're having conversations like this, you're listening to the radio, you might be driving, you know, going to lunch right now. Uh, and and it's like, uh, I wanted to catch that. Or what do they say? So they've got a lot of great resources uh, on that website to, uh, to, to learn more about Issue 2, because things uh, are, uh, are not always as they seem. Of course, uh, that is the case as it relates to Issue 2. So thank you for David uh, and his work and his time here on the, uh, the, the radio show today. And, and as I like to do, I like to kind of, you know, end things on, uh, so, I don't want to say upbeat, because I try to be upbeat even when we're talking about serious things. 
Um, on a fun note, uh, here on the, uh, on the show, uh, and so I tried to do that in the last segment to kind of, you know, ramp it off like you used to do as a kid, uh, you know, ramp off into the, uh, into the sunset, uh, you know, on your bike. So let's do that now here on the Bruce Hooley show with a few stories that, uh, have, uh, have, uh, uh, piqued my interest. I do though want to say one thing real quick before we get into that is, uh, Dennis Prager will be uh, next here on uh, 98.9 The Answer. And there was a time. Uh, oh gosh, it was uh, oh years ago. This was early on in my radio career, and I was at a, a conference in D.C. where he was speaking, and I had a a, a small radio show, and uh, he had just done a speech, just did a book signing, and this was probably uh, fifteen years ago, maybe. And I approached him and I asked, uh, you know, Mr. Prager, could you do an interview for, you know, my radio show in uh, in, in Columbus? And he agreed to. Uh, and that made such uh, we were like sat for about 10 minutes and talked. And uh, that was such a, a, a really cool uh, thing uh, and made a uh, incredible impact on me. And uh, I remember uh, this was, uh, of course, I remember it was just uh, like four months ago, five months ago. I was in Orlando uh, at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, and I was walking through the lobby, and uh, lo and behold, Dennis Prager is broadcasting there. And if you like ever like met Dennis Prager, he is a tall man and intimidating, uh, intellectually and physically. Uh, and so I saw him walking towards me and he was getting ready to uh, jump on the air. And I wanted to tell him real briefly what that experience in, in DC when he did that interview, you know, early on in my radio career. And I said, Mr. Prager, I just want to let you know, you know, what an experience that was for me and how you made such a big positive impact on my life. Well, he kind of stood up straight and looked at me for a second, kind of cocked his head a little bit. Like he was, he was touched and he's like, see, I have done something right. And so I, uh, I appreciated his humor, but also his humility and, uh, and of course, the, uh, the uh, truth that he does tell every day on his radio show. So, again, Dennis Prager is next uh, here on 98.9 The Answer. I just wanted to uh, publicly express my, my gratitude uh, for him as, uh, as uh, a fellow truth teller. Uh, he's a great guy. So uh, fun stories to end the show here on uh, 98.9 The Answer is uh, your speeding tickets. Like, like last time, I don't remember last time I got a speeding ticket. You know, or or last time I got a a, a ticket in general. But uh, this guy in Georgia, his name is uh, Connor Cato. He was driving home on September second, and and I think when I got pulled over on two seventy, I may have been going like fifteen over. It was I was going eighty for some stupid reason. Uh, don't ask me to justify because it, it was dumb. Uh, cops pulled me over. This was like early on, like when I first started driving. Oh, I was shaking like a leaf, and I and, and he just gave me my license because he could tell that I barely you know had a driving record. He said, just slow down next time, and that was it. And I, I don't think I've ever been – I think the last time I got pulled over was probably for, like, a failure to signal. Like, I didn't use my turn signal, which is kind of silly. Uh, and I paid court costs and got off on that one because it was, it was such a dumb ticket. But this uh, this Connor Cato was driving home. He was going 90. 90 in a 55. I don't know what the laws are in the state of Ohio, but uh, that would probably qualify for reckless op. So under Georgia law, this is what's called, I don't know if it's the technical term, but it's something that is quoted in this article. It's a super speeder ticket going 90 in a uh, 55. So he uh, calls up. He's got to, you know, set a court date. Connor, uh, you know, accepts his ticket. Uh, He asks what the fine is. Well, the individual on the other line told Connor that his ticket was $1.4 million. Going 90 to 55. 
His ticket was $1.4 million. And uh, he's quoted uh, from uh, WSAV, the local affiliate in town, the TV affiliate. He said, this might be a typo. And he said, the lady said, no, sir. You either pay the amount on the ticket. Oh, yeah, let me just find out my glove compartment. You know, that that, that $1.4 million. Or you come to court on December 21st at uh, at, at one thirty. So uh, his attorney said that, uh, according to Georgia law, misdemeanor traffic violations cannot exceed 1000 bucks. And a spokesperson for the local court said, oopsie, our bad. Quote, the system automatically puts in $999,000.99 as uh, the base amount plus cost, since that's the only way to resolve the ticket uh, is is to appear in court. So basically, it's it's like a placeholder amount that just like a penny shy of a a million bucks is a a placeholder amount. Uh, The spokesperson continues, says the city did not implement the placeholder amount in order to force or scare people into court. The programmers who designed the software use the largest number possible because super speeder tickets are a mandatory court appearance and do not have a fine amount attached to them when issued by police. So it's unclear as to why, you know, it was one point, you know, four, eight million dollars. Uh, but, uh, you know, that was a placeholder amount and a mistake. And he's certainly not going to pay one point four mil for that uh, that traffic uh, mistake. And uh, supers, I've never gone 90 and a 55. Uh, no, I don't think I have. Oh, maybe I have. I, I'm not going to admit it on the air, let alone uh, offer up the make of my vehicle. Um, so there's uh, some potential rumors about a uh, Seinfeld uh, reunion. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld was quoted on a video saying, well, I have a little secret for you. This is at the end of a stand-up routine. He said, well, I have a little secret for you about the ending. He says, but I can't really tell it because it's a secret. Here's what I'll tell you, okay? He says, quote, something is going to happen that has to do with that ending, the ending of the show. It hasn't happened yet. And just what you're thinking about, Larry and I have also been thinking about it, so you'll see. So there could be something related to Seinfeld. And people talk that, you know, it was a, a letdown of a finale, but I don't know, it was, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good ending. And, of course, Seinfeld being a classic, and I think one of the smartest things Jerry Seinfeld uh, did was ending that when he did because uh, it's kind of etched in stone as a, a solid piece of American entertainment. Uh, such clever writing and a great show. So Julia Louis-Dreyfus said she doesn't know what he's talking about in terms of, uh, you know, a rumor. So she's unaware of any possible uh, reunion rumors. That's, of course, the uh, actress who played Elaine Bennis. So we'll see what happens. So maybe we'll get some uh, new Seinfeld content in the future. But one thing that I'm incredibly excited about is that we have got uh, a couple of potential new Taco Bell items so the light at the end of this tunnel of all these troublesome things that are happening in the world, we are going to have some potential new Taco Bell items that sound delicious. Twin Cities, Minnesota, Minneapolis. There's restaurants in that city who are uh, working on and testing crispy chicken nuggets that are battered in a spicy jalapeno buttermilk. They're breaded and fried and got a uh, signature sauces that you can get to. And also, a couple of stores in Indianapolis are... Uh, testing a, a cheesy street chalupas. So there is hope for America. We're going to get some brand new Taco Bell items. Maybe some brand new Seinfeld. It's all good stuff. Hey, keep your head up. Keep the faith. And keep rocking. I'm Vince Tornado sitting in for Bruce Hooley. Talk to you next time right here on 98.9 The Answer. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.